welcome to Empowerment Radio. My name is Dr. Friedman, and I'm so glad that you decided to join me. Empowerment Radio is about giving you the insights, tools, and solutions to address some of the most challenging aspects of our daily lives. So sit back, relax, and empower yourself. Welcome to Empowerment Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Friedman. Have you felt a little lost lately? It's the beginning of the year, and maybe you're feeling like, oh, another mountain to climb, another year just to slug along and trying to make it through. Or maybe you have been feeling like, you know, this year I want to make a quantum leap. I want to change something big. But you didn't really know what direction to go and maybe what really that deepest inner self wants you to focus on. Many people feel that it would be wonderful to have some kind of a map that you could orient yourself on. This is where you are and this is where you're heading towards on your journey through life. Well, today I have two wonderful guests that actually can provide you with such a map that can allow you to really understand more deeply those questions of what's my purpose? What am I here supposed to do? What are my gifts? And how can I make a difference in the world? They have created a powerful work, which is called the 10 Terrains. And I'm talking about Alan David Reed and Tani Wolf that are my guests today. And without further ado, Tani and Alan, welcome to the show. I'm so excited that you have uh, called in all the way from the eastern tip of Australia, where it's right now sweltering hot, as I can see, while the rest yeah. of us is freezing. So thank you so and much. For... Here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you look much more summery than me, for sure. We are better and uh, yeah I mean I would rather be where you are right now but anyhow welcome and uh, I mean I have to say the book is fantastic the information is wonderful and uh, I did the test and uh, I can tell you later what I found out I'm not totally in agreement with it but we can talk about this because I guess it's all a little fluid but what are the 10 terrains and uh, how did you come up with that so whoever wants to start. Well, the, the 10 terrains are really uh, parallel universes or paradigms, if you want to see them that way. And, and they're, they're relative. They're relative to ourself. And what we're calling ourself with a capital S is our infinite self. We are an infinite consciousness. We are all part of one infinite consciousness. This entire universe is one infinitely conscious universe. And that's a big change that scientists are starting to get their head around. The mystics have been saying this forever. This entire universe is self-aware and we are a part of that. And the 10 terrains are really a model that looks at your relationship to this infinite consciousness and the degrees of uh, perception and separation and uh, your, your other relationships to that one infinite self that we are. And another way to explain it is you could think of them as 10 different pairs of glasses. Like I'm wearing a pair of red glasses, someone else is wearing a pair of blue glasses, and we're seeing everything differently. It's color, it's coloring all our perceptions, all our choices, all our beliefs and our values, but we don't know we're wearing it. So sometimes by finding out what terrain you're at, it can start to explain your behaviors, 
the career decisions you're making, the kinds of people you're resonating with and why some people understand you and some people don't because it's almost like each terrain is a separate school or a separate parallel universe and you're learning different lessons than someone else is learning because they're at a different terrain. And so it's a really helpful thing to understand, to give you perspective on your own life, but also to explain why you see things so differently from other people. Now, I love the 30,000 feet view, but I'm also liking to have my hands in it. So give us one specific example of a terrain so that we can wrap our mind around that. So we'll, we'll look at the order-based terrain square, which is a mainstream terrain. It's the, it's the one that probably the common, uh, most common, uh, most of people are at this one terrain. And, and that terrain is really looking at how people are seeing the world uh, from, a, from a place of authority. They're looking to uh, a system. They're looking to the system to guide them. They're looking to be part of a system. Uh, they're looking to uh, take orders from that system. They're wanting to be part of a law and order structure. And it's, it's by being part of this overall understanding that we have as a society that you feel you have a place. And so someone at the order-based terrain, they feel very safe by being involved in this community of, 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 of the society. And that um, then gives them a sense of safety, which is what all these terrains are really looking at is how people are looking to feel safe uh, within themselves and each have a different reaction to, to that need. And to bring that to life, it might be useful to contrast it with the terrain after that, because these terrains are actually, it's an evolutionary journey. So a person can actually start their life at one terrain, spend 10 years there or 20 years or 30 years. At some point, they'll have a whole lot of things happen. They start to learn lots. They start to shift the way they're seeing the world. And sometimes, sometimes it shifts so much that they wake up one day and they're like, I don't think I'm in Kansas anymore. Like, I don't see the world really differently than I used to. And if they were to be handed our book at that time or go to our website, they'd go, oh, my God, I've had a terrain shift. That explains why I don't want to do the same work and I'm not resonating with the same people. And those healing modalities don't feel right for me anymore. Things have changed. So if we contrast what Alan was just talking about, square, the order-based terrain, which a lot of people are at, with the one after that, the reflection-based terrain diamond, which also a lot of people are at, and actually our world currently, the prevailing terrain is at diamond, the reflection-based terrain diamond. The difference is the sense of safety at diamond does not come from being part of a smoothly running system of law and order. It comes from your own sense of identity and your own decision-making of, I decide who I am. I'm an original being. I'm on my own journey. I'm striking my own path. And this is where we see entrepreneurialism and great innovations happening in society socially and, and spiritually and technologically. It's pushing over the square. It's innovating the square. And so there's a lot about identity and unique expression. A lot of the stuff we're seeing in our culture about gender fluidity and diversity has come from this terrain, which large numbers of people are at. And as a collective, we are at at the moment in our cultural uh, evolution of our civilization. So you can see how if you've got, say, a father at square and a, and a son or daughter at diamond and, and the father at square is wanting that, their child to have a steady career path for 40 years where they've got a very consistent role in the system, they're a police officer or they're a teacher, and the child's like, no, I'm going to forge my own path and create this whole new thing. And there's just a, a massive clash there because the sense of safety is coming from something so different. They're going to have massive arguments about that. Now, when you think about right now the politics, for example, in the US and how the country is very divided, I mean, what would you say the two divides are? Is it uh, diamonds and, uh, and pyramid or what are the, the two divides? Because it's um, almost like 40, 60. 
Yeah, there there is a, a large percentage of people at the, the terrain previous to the order-based terrain, which is the will-based terrain. And that is a terrain that is uh, where people really are sort of wanting to be a, a law unto themselves. It's kind of like the Wild West mentality, but that mentality can go anywhere from uh, people on the street to all the way up to people that are building empires in, in countries like the British Empire, for example. And so you've got a traditional group of people that are wanting to have things the way they were. You've got people at the order-based terrain square, which are looking to hold things in a status quo because that's where they feel safe because they, they don't like change. They like to know things are going to be the way they are. They count on things every four years for elections and, and that sort of thing. At the reflection-based terrain, it's much more progressive. It's much more innovative and people are looking for change. They actually are embracing change. So I would say in a very generalized way in the US, if you were to look at say the Republican party as a, as a whole, that would probably straddle the will-based terrain and the order-based terrain pyramid and square. Uh, the Democratic Party would probably start to say take on the order-based terrain, moving to Diamond and then Diamond as a as a group because they tend to be on the coasts. The coasts tend to be more progressive, where you see the middle of the country tends to be what you would call the you know status quo, where they just like things to be traditional as they've been. But mm -hmm. also, it's interesting because of how each terrain people at each terrain react to things very differently. So you can have a smaller number of people at Pyramid, the will-based terrain. But because that terrain is coming from a kind of Wild West mentality where it's everyone's against us, it's us against them, it's every man for himself, nobody's safe unless we have a gun to protect ourselves. So the, the, the level of agitation that can happen at that terrain, even though there's fewer people, it's a very reactive terrain. It's very much about protecting my space and putting up fences around it, you know, and, and making sure no one comes in and marching in the streets. And, and there can be a lot of aggression at that terrain. So even though it's smaller numbers and the people at Square and Diamond, they can have a massive impact on what's happening. Politically. Right, right. Now, the consciousness of uh, humanity has probably evolved over the you know, thousands of years as well. So is it possible that now more than ever, the number of uh, diamonds or circles are much higher than, you know, any time before? Yes, um, you know, we, we can look at this continuum that you're, you're seeing behind us as, uh, as being a bell curve. So there the, the always is gonna to tend to be the greatest percentage towards the middle and, and, and much smaller percentages uh, towards the, the tips. But if we look over history, we did very much have a, and what we're calling a prevailing terrain is where the, the bulk of the individuals are in their terrains. Uh, so that kind of creates a gravity. At one point in time, uh, well, you could call it the dark ages, there was a, a real um, superstitious sort of understanding of, of life. And so that would be what we would call the faith-based uh, terrain or, or um, radial, which is where you know, people were really looking to the priest and looking to the church and, and, and looking to things outside of themselves, deities and gods, to really guide them and direct them. The reaction to that, then, as, as time went on, was uh, a pyramid, which basically said, no, I'm going to take my power back. And then as we evolved through the uh, Renaissance and, and came into the Industrial Revolution, really, with the Industrial Revolution is what's really kind of put the, the order around systems, uh, that's when we, we moved into the order-based terrain. And, and just as of the 60s, we've kind of moved out of that 
industrial revolution as technology is coming on and uh, and the uh, cultural revolutions of uh, you know everything that the 60s represented and that kind of kicked everybody up a notch to, to start to find their own identity and to find you know who am I amongst this and so people looking to to forge their own way and what I should say about all these uh, first terrains is that they are you know they're they're outer focus terrains they're they're looking to the world outside of themselves to find their answers where the next five terrains is when you're shifting from the diamond terrain uh, down to the circle, the next connection based terrain circle, you're actually moving from the head to the heart and, and you're starting to move into an inner journey, which is really taking us back into the self and taking us back into uh, the truth of who we really are. But it's a, it's a journey where we shift to the, to the inner uh, focus. And a lot of what we're seeing happening in the world at the moment, many people are, are observing this and we've been noticing it too, feels like the very beginning of the shift of our culture from diamond to circle. And mm -hmm. may, that may take decades. But the, the real shift that we're talking about when we say the shift from the reflection-based terrain to the connection-based terrain is the shift from disconnection to connection mm -hmm. and from mm -hmm. focusing outer on achievement and innovation and, and identity to focusing inwards on what is my body guiding me? What is my heart? How is my heart guiding me? How can we all be connected to the earth? How can we all be connected to community? It's much more how indigenous cultures have operated and it's going to require a slowing down and a more coming into stillness. And it, ironically, this crazy period we've had in the past year of COVID has put so many people into a state of lockdown and shutdown. They haven't been able to do their normal busyness and running around and achieving and being in the culture and all the square and diamond stuff that everyone's been doing. And they've had to sit with themselves. Yeah. And so people who are already moving from diamond towards circle in their own personal journey, and that has been accelerated this year. So we're right. seeing a lot of people shifting faster and faster towards circle who are already moving that way. And the collective impact of that on the field, the collective field of humanity is big. Hmm. If everybody who's currently a diamond shifts to circle in the next 20 years, boom, we're at circle. And then that's a different world. We're going to be creating things through biomimicry principles and community-based principles. And there's going to be a much simpler life, much more connected to nature, much more caring of the vulnerable members of society much slower it's just a very different society it doesn't mean we can't have technology but it's going to be coming from a very different place and we're already seeing signs of that around the world so it's quite an exciting time yeah it looks like we are halfway there i mean the circle would be the next stop so we'll see what happens afterwards uh, we're <laughs> going to take a quick break so don't go anywhere we'll be right back Welcome back to Empowerment Radio. I'm here with Tani and Alan, all the way from Australia, talking about their books and their whole movement, the Ten Terrains, which is just a, a wonderful way to making sense out of how we live our lives and in many ways, how we also are programmed. And so where are the terrains programmed in? Is it subconscious? Is it something that goes beyond the subconscious? How would you say... Where can someone find their, their terrain origin? Well, uh, to, to understand your terrain, I would invite your listeners to go to our website at tenterrains.com, and that's spelled T-E-N-T-E-R-R-A-I-N-S.com. And we have a quiz that you can take. And this quiz is a way to give you a snapshot of where you are along this continuum. Uh, where you're sitting is really a function of 
the beliefs you're holding, the traumas you've got in your field, uh, the stories you're holding onto, your judgments, you're really a, a bundle of, of energy. We're all energetic beings, we're electrical beings. And so all of this is held in our field. So this really is underneath the behaviors and the beliefs and, and all of the, the things that we tend to look at as far as well, where would the programming sit? The programming sort of sits on top of the terrain and the terrain really takes on whatever programming is. If you think of uh, certain kinds of, you know, tundras, for example, are gonna grow certain kinds of terrain plants and mountainous areas are gonna grow different kinds of plants. And so it depends on the terrain that you're, you're holding underneath you that is gonna determine what you believe and what programming you're gonna take on. And I will also say that we really have a continuum here where at, at one end of this continuum, we're really being driven by ego apart from spirit, if you will, or infinite self. And at the other, it's entirely coming from our self with a capital S again, I'll say that, our infinite self or spirit. And, and the ego is really then subsumed to, to that infinite knowing. So there's a, a journey that we go through that takes us really out of the conditioned mind and out of the mental and puts us into a much bigger framework, which I would say is non-local, that then encompasses the quantum field, encompasses um, really the whole of, of the collective that's around us. And so that's also going to influence where we're at and how we're acting. That's a good answer. Now, would you say that, uh, you know, as a, as a soul or as an infinite self, you choose what terrain you get born into? Uh, because, I mean, I could imagine the infinite self, say, hey, I'm going to skip the first five. I don't want to go there. Let's go to the other yeah. ones. So why would any soul or spirit choose the first five? I mean, other than just for the development oh, or the evolution or the experience. Uh, partly what happens is it's, it's kind of a lock and key sort of a thing. You, because you're this charge, you come in from a past life where you left off, you know, what you, where you left off the last life, what you needed to learn or what was left to be learned or where you need to do in your, your healing, if you will, your healing back to yourself. That's kind of where you're going to pick up unless you're a very expanded uh, master and you've been through lifetimes and you can pretty much then decide where you're going to land because you're here in service to do something at a certain terrain. You're here to bring a, a lesson or you're here to bring a teaching through that might need to be at pyramid or square or diamond. So you, you would intentionally come in and bring yourself into a situation. But for the majority of people, we're really on a healing journey and it's a healing journey back to ourself uh, to lose all of these traumas and stories and judgments because I could use this this rubber band as an example if, if my finger represents infinity as the singularity of, of this consciousness and I pull this rubber band away from that that's that's how much charge is holding me away from this it's a self-healing universe just like it's a self-healing our bodies are self-healing this entire system is self-healing in principle so as you let go of the stories and you let go of the judgments and you let and you heal the traumas from past lives and genetic lines this is naturally going to relax itself to where you're just now holding a place of neutrality and that's really what mastery is and i just want to add something to that that's really important to understand here like inherent in that question why would a soul choose to come in at square or diamond or circle or whatever 
is the soul is neutral. The soul doesn't have any judgments about one terrain is better than the other. It's just where do I need to be for the growth that I need at this point in my journey? And we really need to understand this. When we step back far enough to see that there's a higher good for any point along this continuum, not just for our own learning, because at each terrain is like a classroom. We're learning amazing things at each terrain that we need to know. I mean, if we didn't know how to have free will at Pyramid, nothing in our society would function. Right. You know, if we didn't know how to have systems and order at Square, nothing in our society would function. Like these are crucial evolutionary points for an individual and for a collective. But it's not just that. It's that each terrain has its own gifts, but also each terrain is equally valuable to its effect on the collective. So, you know, if, if I was a soul and I'm coming in for a specific purpose that I'm playing in the collective over the course of my life, I'm going to know what is needed for me. Where do I need to be to make the impact that I'm here to make? Where do I need to be to have the training that I need to make to make that impact? So let's say I want, I'm coming in to be Abraham Lincoln and my job is to end slavery. I need to spend a lot of time at Square because Square is in reaction to pyramid, the rule-based terrain. And they're like, oh, it's all this exploitation is not right, we need to create a system where everybody's treated fairly. That's what happens at Square. So I might need to choose to spend my lifetime at Square going deeply into that terrain to learn all the lessons of it so I can contribute that. So it's really important to stay very neutral. No terrain is better than any others. Just like if you're 14 years old, it's not better than being 16 years old or being 18 years old. It's just a different point in your journey. And so we're always reminding people of that. Well, I agree that there is no judgment, and I'm sure that Donald Trump played his role perfectly in a way of bringing us to the next level as a collective. However, I think some terrains sound to me are more associated with suffering than others. Like you said, this, this tension. I mean, if you are way back there and looking outside of yourself for answers, there is a tension. There is, and I, you know, I'm working a lot with people that are dealing with fear, anxiety, depression and on a subconscious level. And that tension often comes from that disconnect from self. So I would say, yes, there is certainly not so much judgment around the choice. But I know there is certainly a terrain that is harder for some people or for many people than others. And uh, if you are in a in a spiral or in, you know, in the hologram, you probably have a greater level of peace than when you are living all the way back in the pyramids. I don't know what your perspective on that is. Well, Some degree. Yes, I, I would say there's, there's a broad truth to that because certainly at the matter-based terrain, you're really in a survival place and, and very yeah. much in a victim. Everything's happening to me. It's like, I'm, I'm just a victim. Everything, I'm blaming everybody outside of myself. Everything is, is, is a potential threat or an enemy to me. And, and that relationship is, is a very anxiety-inducing, fear-reactive uh, place to be. And as you become more uh, connected in with yourself, as you move across this continuum, yes, you do come to greater degrees of peace within yourself because you understand that you and, and everything else are, are this one consciousness. And so you start to have a relationship with your greater self and start to trust life and start to realize that, well, if things are happening, it's because of how I'm holding my thoughts and my energy and I'm attracting these to me because we are again, electrical magnetic beings. And so things are all just happening by physics. And so when you get that, you start to look at your thoughts, you start to become more, uh, 
well, just relaxed in your thinking and, and uh, more compassionate and, and, uh, and accepting. And that allows then to have this, this feedback loop happen where life says, okay, well, you're, you're, you're starting to get that. So, you know, it, it, it reciprocates in kind. But at the same time, there is more peace as someone expands through this continuum, particularly the jump from diamond to circle is a big shift. But each terrain, because the first five are what we call fear reactive and the second five are what we call love responsive. So that jump, as someone's moving from diamond to circle, they're moving into love responsiveness and leaving the history of being more fear reactive. But even though there is more peace, it doesn't necessarily mean the journey gets easier. No. If you talk to someone at Spiral or Torrid or Infinity, they're not going to say their love's easy because the stuff that they're grappling with at that point is just as hard and just as big and just as big of a mystery school. Otherwise, they wouldn't be here because what would be the point? There's nothing they're learning. So they're still learning big stuff. It's just not that stuff. It's not so much how to manage fear and anxiety. It's more how to stay self-responsible and connected to myself in all moments. How do I take full responsibility for the reality show up in every moment without ever assigning any blame to anything outside myself that's not an easy thing to do and so as someone's expanding they're just the lessons that the things that they're practicing are different but they're equally hard but yes right in the same time they will have more peace because they're not so they, they, they can come back they can bring themselves back to their center more they still get knocked out of their center but they can bring themselves more and more quickly back to their center and there's something probably to be said for the the gravity of the prevailing terrain. If everybody around you is, is uh, speaking the same language, say French, then um, you're going to have an easier go of it than if, if you're someplace else and you're a little bit more foreign. So, you know, at, at the prevailing train of, of Diamond now, people are pretty much at home. And so it's, a, it's, it's an easy, easy place to be because everybody's kind of consensus reality and everybody's kind of acting the same. And, and you know, most of your people around you are, are doing the same thing. So you kind of feel at home. Whereas if you were back more at, say, the faith-based terrain or uh, will-based, you're going to be um, probably a feeling a bit foreign. And, and certainly as you're more expanded, you're going to feel a bit more lonely and isolated because there's fewer people around. And so you're going to be looking for kindred spirits that you can relate to and have affinity with uh, because you're going to find that there's you know not only fewer numbers, but then you've got to find them around you. And one of the nice things about doing the Tentarines quiz is we've had a lot of people write to us who are at Spiral or Toroid and they don't really know people at the same terrain as them because they don't want their families at Square. Maybe they've got a few friends at Diamond. They might know a couple of people at Circle, but, you know, they write to us and say, how do I find people? And that's what part of what we're building here is a way for people to come into this community and get to know each other and find kindred spirits and just to know that they're not alone and that they may be having some really strange experiences because they're connecting to infinite parts of themselves that they've never seen before and they're having spiritual experiences or energy experiences and they don't understand what's happening and they do the quiz and they find out they're at toroid or at spiral and they read it and they sometimes write to us in tears saying i finally feel like someone understands me i'm not weird i'm not the only person like this in fact they're not there's thousands of millions of other people who are exactly right. like and they don't know them personally because, yeah. you know, 1% of the population is still a lot of people when you're talking about 7 billion people. Yeah, it's just not reflecting <laughs> in our media. It's just not shown on TV. So it's right. like there's no, there's no representation at either of these, these ends. It's more all the representation is really around square and diamond in our yeah. society. Well, when we come back, we'll talk more about these other five more heart-centered and love-centered uh, terrains, but also about can we uh, go backwards?
And is fear something that can pull us back into the other terrains? We'll be right back. Welcome back to Empowerment Radio. The 10 terrains, a map to your consciousness, to your life, where you're heading towards. It's really fascinating stuff Alan and Tani have uh, really brought together. Thank you so much for sharing all of this. I have to ask you later how you even came up with that. But uh, right now, the, the question that comes to mind is, so I work, as I said, with people with lots of fears and anxiety, survival patterns. Now, I would say they come from all different kinds of levels of consciousness. This is not all, well, they are squares or whatever. I mean, I don't like anyhow putting people in these boxes, but their, their consciousness is certainly in a, a consciousness often is, is very um, advanced in their spiritual beliefs. And you could say maybe they're spirals or torrents or whatever, but they are then really grappling with anxiety in regards to survival, in regards to, you know, feeling that uh, people may reject them, criticize them, that they are, you know, there is this old past life fear of getting burned at the stake. And uh, so is that possible that we go still back and forth and skipping several terrains in our, you know, in our desire to survive, to make it here? No, we really only are in any one moment held in one place. And this again is the sum total of our field. It's a, this is, you know, in the, in the sense of quantum physics, this is just your bundle of charge, which is holding you there. But you can be put into fear, but it's how you're responding to that fear or reacting to that fear that's going to determine if that that's the difference at each terrain. Your reaction or response is going to be completely different. In one set of terrains, you're going to be feeling very helpless and you're gonna not really know how to manage it and you're gonna feel very lost and really looking outside of yourself for some support. At other terrains, you're, you're very conscious of the fear and you're really looking at it, but you're taking it on. You're not running from it. You're actually embracing it and looking to see what is this trying to tell me? What, is I, what am I needing to learn here? What is, what is the lesson underneath this? And so it's a, a bigger, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a different relationship to the, to the idea of fear. And, and even though you're held in one place, you can have lagging behaviors that, that may come from previous trains conditioning that's, that's coming from your genetic lines or from the culture. And you may also become uh, aware of certain things and sort of see yourself being more expanded than you actually truly are. Uh, you could have a, a certain experience that could ex open you up, uh, meditation experience or, or ayahuasca journey or something, but that doesn't necessarily mean that now you're enlightened because you've still got to work with this, this charge that you're holding in your field. And that will really show itself in moments of crisis. That's when your terrain really shows up. I mean, when things are calm and easy, people can look to be all over the place and you wouldn't really know, but when things are really tense and, and they're in crisis, that's when you see how people react in that moment, if they're going to be centered or if they're just going to fall apart. And I'd also say that if you think of this universe as a school, what is the greatest teacher in this school? It is fear. And there are a lot of forces at play in our world to instill fear into us from birth. There's a lot of structures that have broken down in our society, which can cause children to have very un, you know, unloving childhoods where they've got attachment wounding and all sorts of things that are creating anxieties and 
and, and everybody's got that. Everybody's got that in their childhood. Most people have that to some degree. You know, we're living in an isolated culture, it's a disconnected culture. So it doesn't matter what terrain you're at. You have that in your childhood. You've had that in your conditioning and you've had that in the collective field. So the issue is how do you deal with that? And what I've observed is that the people at the less expanded terrains, and there's no judgment in this, that's just where they're at, tend to not really do the deep investigative work to get to the bottom of their fears. They just tend to act from their fears. So they're in reaction, they're lashing out, they're blaming other people, they're acting out those fears. Where someone say at spiral or toroid or even circle or even some people at diamond, they're more likely to be sitting with those fears. So let's take someone at circle, they're sitting with those fears. How does this feel in my body, this fear? Why is this coming up? They're looking inwards. They may hire someone to help them with that, but it's still a self-reflective process. At, at Spiral or Torrid, someone will be looking at where is this coming from in my past lives or in my genetic line or in my childhood and how can I clear that from my field so I can come back to centre? So they're much more aware of this conditioning and this patterning and this triggering that's happening and they're highly self-responsible in dealing with it. Everybody's grappling with the same stuff. It's just how we're grappling with it. You can't come through this school with the kind of childhoods we're having in the society we've got and not get messed up to some degree but it's the it's the way in which we're holding that like the way that we're working with that the way that we're owning that and we're embodying that changes at each terrain and you can see it really yeah. really dis distinctly yeah. and we've seen it play out very clearly in this coronavirus crisis because that's been a very fear-inducing situation and we did a series of videos on our youtube channel about how people at each terrain are, are dealing with that so differently even though they're all dealing with fears yeah, that would be a really good place for your audience to uh, to go to look at the you know the individual terrains and in reaction to COVID because that's really being put in our face as a as a fear. Right now, I I agree with what you're saying. What I noticed is that this conditioning and you know this uh, this childhood baggage that is deep buried in the subconscious mind. Uh, in my work, I can often see the conflict. You know, we are on a conscious level you know, in a, in a very different place. And we know we can uh, introspect and we can draw on our inner resources. And then on a subconscious level, we go into, you know, how can I get away from this or how can I control or how can I lash out or please. So uh, this is a book I'm just finishing about these uh, survival patterns. And it's really interesting because the book may be something about the terrains as well, where you go back to finding yourself through the bridge of fear and anxiety. It basically helps you to, to get out of survival into this most authentic self, you know, the connection to your deepest self. At what terrain would you say you reach that point where you really feel like you're connected to your truest form that may be the form that, you know, even was there before you were born? I would say you're probably, well, spiral or- Spiral's the, where it starts. The connection-based terrain moving to spiral. Is, is where a lot of people are really starting this journey and, mm -hmm. and beyond spiral to the fractal-based terrain and unity-based terrain, it's, it's deepening and expanding. Because these first six terrains, the uh, particle terrain through to circle, they're really what we call single um, terrains. They only really can see themselves. Whereas at spiral, um, toroid infinity and well no thing we don't really talk about because it's so expanded but mm -hmm. at those terrains you're they're multi-dimensional terrains so you're able to see where you're at in relation to all of these other terrains so it's it's a it's a much bigger perspective so that you have 
uh, a different relationship to the, to the well, question. When someone shifts into spiral, the thing that changes from the previous terrain circle, the connection-based terrain, it's circle, you have a very deep connection to your body, your heart, the earth, the web of life, all creatures born and unborn, future generations. But, and that's a very deep thing, but at spiral, the shift that happens is someone starts to feel a very visceral connection to the infinite, you know, to the cosmic tapestry. And, and at that point, they can start to feel themselves beyond this life, beyond this small being that they actually are. And so when you ask a question, when does someone start to come more into their infinite self? It's really at spiral that people start to bring their infinite self through into this vehicle more and more. And they're working on that. And that's a practice they're doing. And that just deepens and deepens at toward and infinity and infinity is the point where everything is one anyway. So it kind of becomes irrelevant. Right. So where that, that journey is sort of the spiral Torah journey, I would say. Now, you said we don't talk about the last one, but we have to. <laughs> now you brought it up. So what is the last one? <laughs> well, we've got these, these two bookends here. Uh, the matter-based terrain particle, which is this one here at this end of the continuum, and then uh, avoid-based terrain nothing, which is here at the other end. Um, there's so few people uh, at the matter-based terrain. You're really looking at people that are like maybe born in a, in a trash dump. A few, you know, very small percentage. Like cavemen. Caveman. They have just no. They're just they're just in survival, just pure survival, animal, almost animal survival. So there's no culture. There's no meaning. There's really nothing. At the other extreme, you've got such a conscious awareness that you're beyond space and time and, uh, and, and anything that involves that. So you're dealing with someone that's so expanded, they can really be uh, moving in and out of, of, of matter. They can move in and out of existence. You know, they can just be wherever, whenever. So they're you know, very, very advanced, very, very few percentages of people, they're, they're there, but there are beings you know around. Any? I don't know any personally, but I, you know, have, read about I, I know masters. some people that are that are in the journey from mm -hmm. uh, infinity to nothing, but I've not yet met anybody that's actually gone and sits in the void and then they actually, or, you know, I, but I know of beings that are, you know, tens of thousands of year old, years old and, you know, we read about them in the lore and, and they're, they're there, they're around. People talk about ascended masters and beings like that that don't need to be in the form of a body. You know, they're, they're, mm -hmm. they're, they've, they've shifted past the point where they are trapped in beliefs about oxygen and food and we need to breathe. Like they're just, they're past that in their journey. Right. So, they can just That's, so when you think of what people call ascended masters, they're mm -hmm. describing something like that. Too. So mm -hmm. we're really just kind of framing but the, you're not gonna the totality of, of the human experience between these these terrains, which, you know, they're, they're, they're valid too. They're the bookends that give context to the matter and the void. Without the matter and the void, you can't have the other eight terrains in the middle, which is where everyone's playing. That's a playing field, really. Now, how would you say uh, people are getting along that are in different terrains, especially if they are married? Are there ways for them to, you know, just learn to understand each other better or help each other to, to move through their differences. I mean, what, what suggestions do you have? Where are the biggest clashes and where? Um, do the quiz and get your report. And if you're in a relationship, both of you do the quiz and get your reports because each of these terrains, the, the one thing that's fascinating to learn about them is that they their own their own universe, but in that universe, they have their own memetics, they have their own language, their own keywords. And that's how we've been able to really clue in where someone's at is basically how they're seeing the world, the, the words they use and the, and the memes they're using. So if you've got a relationship going on where you're in one terrain and your partner's in the other terrain, 
by knowing what they need to feel safe, by knowing how they're viewing the world, by knowing what words they respond to and the means they respond to, you can actually start to speak to them in a language that they feel safe and heard and gotten. And so you're gonna create a bridge, a much stronger bridge because you're meeting them where they're at. And if you're more expanded, you're probably more likely to be able to meet someone that is in a more contracted terrain than you versus say someone that's maybe at square and they're with someone that's at spiral. Uh, they're not going to really be able to stretch and understand that person. They're going to seem like a, a very foreign being right. to them. Right. Someone at spiral, they, they, all of these previous trains are like, think of it like Russian dolls. If you're at spiral, you've got an awareness of all these other terrains within you. So you can look back, but, you, but looking forward, it's sort of like, well, I have an idea of that, but you really don't have a relation to it yet. And the thing is, often a lot of the conflict that happens between two people, whether it's husband and wife or father and son or whatever, is because we want the other person to do what we're doing and to see the world the way we are and to change. And if we've had massive expansion, we want them to also expand. Why are they not growing as fast as I do? But once you understand that everybody's journey is equally valid and every point along this continuum is equally needed and equally important and it's a massive classroom and a contribution to the world, if you come from that perspective and you find out that your spouse is at a different terrain, it's like, wow, this is where they're at right now. This is the journey they're on. This is what they're learning. I can have some understanding of that, some compassion for that. I can hold space for them. They're learning free will right now, or they're learning, you know, how to be part of the consensus reality, or they're learning to find themselves as a unique person. I've done that, but I can still support them in that process. And so it can really forge a lot of connection between people to come from a place of supporting and holding space for and having compassion for someone else rather than trying to get them to change and grow and so much in that culture is coming from everybody should grow and everybody should expand well not necessarily everyone's at the same point and the thing that's interesting in marriages is often people will be drawn to each other at the same terrain let's say they both met at school and they're university and they're at square and then over the course of the next two decades one of them shifts to diamond but the other one hasn't mm -hmm. and the other one keeps shifting and they go to circle and the other one's still at square this happens in marriages because just because you start at the same point doesn't mean your journeys are going to be the same so what can seem very terrifying and my partner's changing so much i don't understand them anymore can cause so much conflict when you understand what's happening you can actually allow them to have their journey and the people can still stay in a loving relationship, just understanding and all the fear of what is going on, what is going on, why do they want to do that, I don't want to do that, goes away because you understand what it is. Right. Well, did so you personally huge... shift in different terrains since you have started this journey? Well, we are not a couple. <laughs> no, no, but I mean, you still have worked together and you probably know each other. Yeah, we have both I, I, I very much, uh, and, and it's, it's in my, my gene keys, my charts. If you look at my other, all the other systems that describe, you know, who we are, uh, I, I very much started with a, a family that was uh, at the Pyramid Square area. And, uh, and I've gone a journey through this continuum and that's afforded me the opportunity to really besides all the other research I've done, uh, afforded me to see this model. Uh, well, we did both shift since we've known each other. And it was funny because I was like, he came home one day and I was like, we weren't a couple then. And I was like, what the hell? <laughs> it was just like, because I understand this stuff. I was like, I knew he'd been moving towards that for a long time. And it was the same when I had a shift that I'd been moving to for about 10 years. Alan had met me while I was in the process of that shift. But there was one point where like something came out of my mouth and he looked at me like, 
like you know you're not in Kansas anymore like when you understand this stuff and like I've got friends who since we created the 10 terrains have shifted Mm -hmm. maybe they did our quiz and they were at diamond and they were moving to circle and you just know when they've hit circle because they're just different and they'll come over and like oh my god I'm not at diamond anymore but if they did the quiz again they'd come out at circle now and they do because it's really palpable once you understand it you can really feel it it's quite funny and we're excited to watch uh as people around us are learning this material and seeing this because it's it's like uh, Newton having seen gravity it's been this is this is here it's always been here it's just the mysteries have kind of danced around it and and uh, you know the the various schools and religions have kind of danced around this but nothing ever really looked at it as this concise model of, of this evolution that we're on and now as people are finding this out, they're actually getting excited watching their journeys and, and saying, wow, I, I see how I've just been through this event horizon. I can see how I'm starting to see things differently now. And I, I see what you're saying. I'm, they're actually able to start tracking themselves as they're evolving. And it's, it's, it's fun to watch. But what is the difference between, let's say, an Enneagram, Gene Keys and the terrains? Okay, so let's think about because I'm someone who's, and so is Ellen, we're really interested in that stuff. Like we both know everybody's Enneagrams, human design, horoscope, right, personality, right. breeds, like I know everybody. And the thing is, that stuff's really helpful, but that stuff doesn't change. Like I'm, you know, a three Enneagram, I'm an ENFP, Myers-Briggs, you know, I'm a manifesting generator. I was born that way. I'm blonde, you know, I'm going to stay that way. I'm tall. That doesn't change. That's how I came into life. But my age changes even though I'm still an ENFP, my terrain can shift. The terrain is much more akin to your development, your spiritual, your evolutionary development. So as you, it's like, I'm a different Gemini at the age of eight than I am at the age of 12. I'm a different Gemini. At, if I was at Pyramid, I would express my Gemini traits very differently at Circle than I would at Pyramid. I would express my Enneagram very differently at one terrain than the other. So they're just completely different things. They're different questions. One's which type you are and one's where you're at in that journey. And you will express that type very differently. But they're all equally useful. Like when you know someone and you know their Enneagram and you know their Myers-Briggs, that's all really handy to get a sense of how they're playing out in their personality type and their upbringing, their charge and the way their brain works and their cognitive functions and their childhood wounding and all that. And then you combine that with a knowledge of where they're at in their journey, their core relationship with their infinite self at this point in time. And then you really know that person. And when they shift, you'll see they're still a Gemini. They're still a three Enneagram. But now they're showing up. They're embodying that very differently now. Hmm. Well, I would say my Myers-Briggs has certainly changed. So I'm not sure that it's really written in the own. But uh, I think a lot of debate about that. But anyway, (laughs) well, I mean, it's like, you know, when you're thinking about your personal evolution and how I certainly as a child had a much different agenda than I'm now. So, I mean, I can certainly relate this to the terrains, but uh, I think it really just uh, makes you also see the world differently. Also in the in the Enneagram yeah. model, but the terrains is beautiful because it's, I think it's more encompassing from what I can see, not only to your personal traits, but really how you navigate through specifics. Like you talk about money, you talk about COVID, you talk about uh, ego. I mean, this is really a, a map that is uh, beautiful for people to just, you know, also settle into understanding of where they're at and get at peace with it. The only challenge I can imagine that some people are listening say, no, I don't want to be a square. I want to be somewhere else. But you're always pointing out, obviously, 
This is something that is not about a race or a competition. This is about being the master of whatever terrain you are and then moving into if you're up for it. We're an infinite being. And this is the thing that we all have to keep mindful of is we are infinite and immortal. So if you have that context, why are you at square? Or why are you at pyramid? Or why are you at toroid? And why are you doing anything you're doing in this moment? Um, that's the question to be asking yourself, right. you know, who am I and, and why am I here and, and where am I? And these are the questions. It's like, th there's a reason and you're, again, you're infinite and immortal. So why would you find yourself in this particular place and time located on the planet where you're at in the body you're in? And these are the questions really be asking yourself and reflecting on, because that gets into the deeper knowing of, of what you're about and and that's that's the journey is to, to answer those questions and also just on the personality type stuff like if you put a bunch of people in a room who are all say enfps yeah they'd be talking a lot let's face it someone but <laughs> but you know they could all be at different terrains but you'd see that there's some personality stuff in common mm. by the same token if you put a whole bunch of people that circle together in a room who are all different personality types you would still see that they are right. all at same terrain so we have a book that we have a little booklet free booklet that we give out when people do do our quiz and then they get their terrain report which is like a 40 page report that people can get which talks about where they're at in their journey the lessons they're learning the challenges of that terrain all that what the gift of that terrain is and then we also give the second more free booklet called the terrains of famous people in history and we've grouped famous people at each terrain and they're all people that we admire that we've studied that we've read in the history books and we group them all together at square and then at diamond and then at circle and spiral and at pyramid and and you can you can feel it you can see it it's obvious oh they all kind of belong together some of them are artists some of them are technologists scientists some of them are leaders but you can see that they actually were all kind of coming from mm. the same place. Mm -hmm. And that can really bring it to life for people. Yeah. It doesn't matter your interests or your personality type. There's a fundamental deep relationship with reality that you will always have in common with other people at your terrain, even if you have nothing in common with them at a surface level. I mean, I have so many more questions. Unfortunately, we have only like two and a half minutes left. So, But I have to ask uh -huh. two quick questions and you have to be short. One is, I was really intrigued what you said that some... Uh, Aborigines and uh, you know the really original cultures have been living in a much different terrain than you know maybe the the more faith-based terrain so what happened why did we lose our consciousness and we're basically starting with fear again when there was already a culture that was so evolved that you know it was beyond that Wow, two minutes. Um, <laughs> okay, you don't know. <laughs> so, okay, so it, it has to do with the, the indigenous cultures and, and being in Australia here, I'm around the originals. They, they are so advanced that we can't even understand them. They're so connected. They can shape shift. They can do all kinds of things. They are quite amazing. How is it that we fell back? How is it that the Catholic Church managed to create the fear that brought, brought everybody into superstition and... Uh, and had things to be um, causing people to be so disconnected. Well, that gets into a, a long discussion of history. So it was, that was a I will say one quick thing to sum it up, which is at any point in history, life always has the continuation of life in the balance. So the balance of the prevailing terrain is never going to fall 
like the, of the world as a whole is never going to fall below circle, otherwise it'd be game over. So it doesn't matter at any point in time, that is always the case. So even though in the Western world, we are as a collective in the prevailing train at Diamond, there's enough indigenous culture still around that if you take the West, the, the globe as a whole, the balance point is still at circle. Mm. So it looks like we're going backwards, but it's only part of the world that's gone backwards. Other parts haven't. So it all kind of balances out. Right. And there's a whole conversation as to why that group then needed to experience this more contracted uh, relationship and what it's bringing. And I could get into the Mayan calendar that can sort of speak to some of this stuff and, you know, the various epics that happen there. And so it's a, there's a thing cycle back around. So we, we've kind of gone backwards to pick things up to then start to bring them forward as well. So it's... Um, this, it's a classroom. It's a, it's a, I just think it's a very, we have to have a whole another discussion about that because it's such Let's have a second a, interview about that stuff. Now, the second question, you can just say yes or no. Is there hope for the planet? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Thank All right. You. Thank you very much. Consciousness is very much in charge. And uh, I would say this for, for those that think that they're playing the masses, they're, the consciousness is playing them like puppets too. So they, you know, when you step back far enough, you realize consciousness is playing this whole game. And some people that think they're running the show are actually very much being... Um, Run and if you step back far enough, like to the perspective of toroid, the fractal-based terrain, you can always really see that everything is actually playing out for the highest good, even though when you step into the details and you're in the muck of it at Square and Diamond right. and Pyramid, it, it feels difficult if you step back far enough, actually it is playing out for the highest good. It's not always easy to feel that and trust that, but it is, it is there. It is the truth. I'm sure. And uh, COVID could be just one of those examples that... Uh, yeah. It's yeah, better to understand when you have I actually made a video about that. We've got no time to talk about it, but there's a video on our YouTube channel about the highest school that's playing out at the moment. And I would probably just leave your listeners with this thought, you know, this is about empowerment. So really empowerment is looking at how connected and in touch with yourself. And I'll say that again with your, your capital S, are you? And, and that's, that's really um, the, the game that we're playing here is, is how in touch with you, with yourself right. are you? Website is? Tenterrains.com, again, T-E-N-T-E-R-R-A-I-N-S. And there you've got links to our books, to the YouTube channel and social media. And to the quiz. To the quiz, to videos, everything. It's a portal to, to this work. It's and a fascinating uh, portal. Uh, visit it and uh, definitely you learn to understand yourself better. Thank you so much for being here. And uh, I really, I could talk for another two hours with you. But until next time, and to honor your terrain, and make sure that you also honor your neighbor. Take care. Bye. You've been listening to Empowerment Radio with Dr. Friedman Schaub. Join Dr. Friedman every first and third Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern, as he addresses some of the most prevailing challenges of our daily lives. To learn more about how Dr. Friedman's personal breakthrough program can help you overcome fear, anxiety, and low self-esteem, visit thefearandanxietysolution.com. Views expressed on this program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not necessarily reflect the views of the station, its management, or advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio.